This review is titled Hannah, 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 with some beautiful emojis in there as well. They say, I love listening into Hannah. She's become one of my favorite people in the spiritual community. She shows how she's never afraid to get into detail in every podcast and her guests as well. It amazes me the versatility she's able to have on as guest speakers. In general, I'm a firm supporter of Hannah. I love how open she is with information on her podcast, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you so much. Honestly, you guys have no idea the little happy dance that I do in my seat or in my kitchen when I see these reviews come in. And to be really brutally honest, podcasting can be pretty lonesome. You're not getting that instant feedback from anyone who listens or engages with the content that you put out there. There are reviews here and there like this beautiful one and the ones I have shared prior But aside from that, it is rare to get a message saying how much somebody loves it. And I'm not alone in this. Other podcast hosts also mentioned this part that it is a little lonely not hearing from you all. So if you do have the capability to even send a, a DM to your favorite podcast host, a share on Instagram or anything like that, honestly, it means the world to us and it makes it feel really fulfilling to get that energy coming back from all of the hard work that we put into what we produce. So thank you to everyone who has gone that extra mile, left a review, messaged me or sent me an email. It means the world. Welcome to Witch Talks, a series for spiritual seekers, witches and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, an intuitive tarot reader, astrologer and eclectic witch. And I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. In this episode, I'm chatting with Mandy M, a chaotic wellness witch, author, and magical empowerment guide. Mandy is the author of the books Witchcraft Therapy and Happy Witch, and she shares hilarious and authentic content on her social media under the name Healing for Hot Messes. Her writing has been featured in the New York Times, Huff Post, She Knows, Refinery29, McSweeney's, and more. She is a fantastic and prolific author and writer. I am so looking forward to sharing Mandy's work and hot mess wisdom with you today. So let's get into it. She is joining us via Zoom all the way from British Columbia in Canada. Hey, Mandy, welcome to the show. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. And I'm going to give a little warning for those that have little ears who may be listening. This episode will most likely not be safe for work as there will likely be adult language peppered throughout, probably pretty heavily. So there's your warning. So now to get started with you, Mandy, I wanted to take a squidry dig at your birth chart. So particularly to chat about your natal moon placement. So for those listening, when I use terms like the word natal, that just means birth chart. So it's the placement of the moon at the moment of someone's birth, in this case, Mandy's birth. Now, Mandy, have you had many astrology readings before? Have you ever had your chart read, that sort of thing? Um, I've done those like online ones. And then I had my chart read once um, by a witch and it was, um, it was really illuminating and like so much fun. I personally don't really do much with astrology. So for me, I just find it to be like, I'm like, whoa, what? Tell me more. (laughs) I think it's fascinating as well. And it's also, it's great to meet people that do and don't use it in their craft because I think a lot of new witches come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't understand astrology and I have to do that to be a witch. And it's like, no, 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 sweetheart, you do not. (laughs) You can do whatever you want. (laughs) 
Yeah. All right. So Mandy, you have your moon in Capricorn in the third house. Now, what does that mean? This means, and I'm going to be using some, some new terms, but don't worry, everyone, I'm going to explain them. So this means your moon is in detriment. So it shows little scope to express its full nature. This is because the moon is most at home in the sign of cancer as the moon rules over cancer. Now, Capricorn is the opposite sign on the astrology wheel. So Capricorn and cancer are opposites. This is why it makes this placement a tad more difficult as Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. So we call this a Saturnine moon. Now, this can show itself through a tendency to repress emotions or distance yourself in relationships where intimacy is usually expected. Some with this placement find self-love and acceptance really difficult, like it's a journey to get there. And instead, they might seek to find validation from the world around them or through their work or their ambitious drive to succeed. But the fear of rejection can put you into freeze mode when trying to advance yourself. So be wary of that. Now, to those listening and who might have heard some of my astrology readings prior, this might seem like a little harsh astrology reading, but I think it explains a lot about what you do, Mandy. So Mandy, I don't know if you know, we have more in common than you maybe realize, as we both have experiences with what you term fuckery with mental illness, self-harm, eating disorders, and more. And you say you're here to help those who seek healing with your bullshit free compassion. And dude, I have to say, I adore your fun, crass and hilarious way of dealing with what can be depressing topics. So tell me, how exactly do you help others to heal? Yeah. So, I mean, as you mentioned, I've gone through all sorts of bullshit in my life, um, starting from like a pretty young age. And so for me, it's been, I feel like like the first part of my life was really about like just being in the shit. Then I came out of it. And now I feel like what was the purpose of going through that if I can't help to guide other people? So it's really interesting that you mentioned that stuff about my moon, because I struggle so much. A recurring theme, like I believe that we all have these certain themes or these certain shadows that will come up again and again. And as much as we can heal them, some things are just going to be kind of like those, you know, those like inflatable things where you can like punch it down and it comes back up. That's what I think there's, there's certain issues like that. And for me, self-esteem is a big, uh, a big one. And so when you were saying that, I was like, Ooh, I like completely resonate with that. So for me personally, I think I just try and make this whole process of like, healing and especially using magic and ritual and all of that sort of stuff, uh, spiritual practices, I try and make it like accessible to people. Cause I know for me personally, like I never really identified with like the floral goddessy types that are like, that's not coming from a very heart centered place. Like I can totally vibe with what you're saying and everything, but like the way you're saying it, I just can't. So for me, I think it's just like I have this tendency to be very um, open and honest about things and to the point of oversharing. And I figure that you can take that and you can funnel that into being something that's really positive that you bring to the world. So that's kind of like what I try and do because, you know, healing and spirituality and all that stuff doesn't have to be so fucking precious. Like you can be, you know, dealing with your kids, having a meltdown in the grocery store and still be a spiritual person. You can be, you know, trying your best not to tell the person on customer service to like fuck off and still be like a person trying to heal. We're all in this shit together. And I think that, um, just making it something that is accessible to everybody and that feels more relatable is, is definitely the approach I try and take. 
Yeah, I think that's wonderful. It's It comes across as super authentic and a breath of fresh air as well because it's it's integrating the shadow. It's accepting the shadow and it is using it as fuel rather than pushing it away and running away from it and being love and light only. So I think that's yeah. super amazing to see. And I'm, it's funny as well. Like you're funny. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, find, I try my best. <laughs> oh, when I find your posts, like they'll pop up in like stories and things on Instagram. And it's just, it's, it's funny. And the way you write is really like uplifting but real at the same time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally relate. <laughs> Thank I totally you so much. That. <laughs> so that's really good. So when you're, when you're helping people, when you're helping to heal them, are you doing one-on-one stuff? Are you doing group work? Like what, what's the way you work with it? So I run an online coven, um, which is really good for people who, um, I think a lot of times people there are solitary witches out there that kind of um even like the more eclectic type that kind of want that camaraderie in their in their craft and they want to be able to ask questions they want to be able to connect and and talk about these things that sometimes the like the you know muggles in our life don't really want to talk about and so um an online coven um is really good for that because you can kind of get that little bit of like friendship and camaraderie without the huge commitment of like really having to be doing the in-person work so i do run an online coven um and then i also do like one-to-one guidance and mentorship so that's like a little bit more for people who are looking for um some personalized guidance when it comes to their um trying to navigate their life and their healing through their spiritual practices because i think that like by using symbol and ritual um and different sort of witchy self-care practices we can really kind of carve out more like me time for ourselves in a way that's super empowering and super fun and that's something that we don't typically especially like mothers and grown-ups we don't typically get to do that in you know the mundane realm that's full of all this shit we need to do so that's what I do with people one-to-one and then I have that group fantastic and your book so witchcraft therapy that's I I haven't read it I would love to read it I haven't yet read it but with that that's mainly rituals and things to to bring in that self-care uh, notion is that correct you want to tell us a bit more about that yeah so um the book is witchcraft therapy and it's your guide to banishing bullshit and invoking your inner power so it's basically all about um trying to lead a more confident empowered life um and bringing in those self-care aspects through your uh, through witchy or spiritual practices. Um, and I wrote it in a way that was very, it's very, there's some swearing, there's a bunch of dumb jokes. Like it's just, it's just supposed to be written. Like, um, like you're talking to your BFF that you should never have on speakerphone. So, um, (laughs) that was kind of the intention with the book. Um, and yeah, it's basically, it's got 50 entries about sort of different things that we deal with in life, things like imposter syndrome, um, you know, things that we kind of can have pop up then that kind of can fuck with our flow. And so different rituals and activities and spells that we can do to kind of feel like we have the reins of our life again. Amazing. Amazing. When I was reading up on it, I, I read that it was complete with wisdom. Like, remember that fuck off is a banishing spell. And I, <laughs> I literally laughed out loud. I was like, oh, it so is. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. That's really good. Um, now tell me a little bit as well about what got you into witchcraft. Were you raised 
with a witchy family or did something trigger you to find this and sort of did you heal yourself through witchcraft like give me the I'm pretty sure that it was like I'm pretty sure I'm like going with past life stuff here like ever since I was a small child I was super interested in the occult I was super interested in like um, symbol. Like I had a really hot, like looking back now, I was a very unusual kid, but looking back now, I'm like, I had a really firm, um, grasp of things like symbol. And I used to have these sort of ritualized behaviors and things like that, that I would use, especially in times of stress and like chaos, but I never really considered myself a witch. I was like obsessed with witches, but you know, I had family members that were Roman Catholic and, I kind of dabbled in when I was uh, like in my teen years, I dabbled with, um, with Wicca then. So I had this idea that it was sort of like, if you were a witch, then you were Wiccan. And to me, that never really spoke to me. Um, just the different sort of guidelines and rules and the framework of it, it just never really spoke to me. So I kind of went on and off with different types of spiritual practices as I got older. Um, and then it was kind of, I came to this place where I realized, well, I already do all these things. I kind of like makeshift all these ways of coping with life on my own anyway. And then I kind of realized that witchcraft could be so much more than just being Wiccan. Like you can just throw out the rules and you can take all these things you're already doing and all this symbol and all these ritual behaviors. And you can really use it to kind of like supercharge your path forward. And for me, that's when everything just like opened up everything opened up. So now my biggest advice to anybody that's trying to get in touch with their own personal magic is just to say, fuck the rules and do what you feel. Um, because there's a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, I use also used to work with, um, I used to work in community inclusion for adults with developmental disabilities. I have a degree in psychology. Um, and so it, it's this thing. I think that we have a lot of good information when it comes to our senses, the things that we feel into, like, do you, does hearing a song move your mood or change your frequency? Like anything like that, that's good information. And we can't necessarily get that from an outside teacher or a book or anything like that. That's something we have to find within ourselves. And so I think that it can be really powerful for people to kind of carve and forge their own way, uh, when it comes to their magic. Mm, absolutely. And it's funny you use that example of, um, in having a song that that triggers something in your memory because I was I I get your newsletter and I read it this morning and whilst it wasn't the exact same um, suggestion it was it was different but the way that you put things together or suggest things to do just seems so simple and easy and like why did I not think about it I think your newsletter this morning was like is it a fuck yes or a fuck no yes <laughs> and to tune into that when um, making easy decisions that don't have a lot of risk associated like you know, when that, uh, you know, prince across the oceans in another country needs all that money sent to him, is that a fuck no? All right. What does that feel like? Now remember yeah. that for other decisions. So I was like, that's such yeah. a simple, fantastic, easy advice and it's relatable and I can, you can bring it into your real life. Uh, so that's great. And knowing you've got this degree in psychology behind you, it just helps, I'm sure, bringing a few of those threads together um, and tying it in with a pretty bow under the name of witchcraft. I think it's great. Yeah. And it's been really helpful because like in my lay like my career, I used to do things like sensory strategies for people that maybe weren't able to communicate, uh, communicate verbally and things like that. So there's so many different ways that we can interact with the world around us and how we can um, sort of interpret stuff. And I think that that's all really um, good stuff to know. And I think that like as modern adults, we're not encouraged to like 
dive into our impulses. If we, you know, feel like doing this or that, or to really play with creativity, um, most of our lives are somewhat structured, or if we're not living up to that structure, then we feel like we're failing somehow. And I think that witchcraft can be a really amazing way of bringing some like creativity and play into your adult life, which also can double as self-care. Um, and especially like, even with my book, there's very few ingredients. And I did that on purpose because I'm, some people don't agree with this and, you know, there's all types to make a world, but I definitely think that you can do a lot of really powerful magic with only your intent. Um, and so I think that, you know, it can be helpful to have those tools and things like that, but I don't think they're necessary. And I really want people to know that and to be empowered by the fact that they're the magic. So just, you just go from there. Yeah, absolutely. And intention is energy. And whilst I do agree, intention isn't everything. It is a lot of it. It, there's there's a lot of power in getting your intent right mm-hmm. and focusing that intent and focusing that energy in a determined way. And especially if it's if you're giving a spell or a ritual that's mostly intent, right? I find personally the power comes from repeating that and that almost layers the intent and the historical intent behind it and the energy builds up and it makes it more potent and more potent over time. So where yeah. you don't need as many tools or ingredients and things like that. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, words I've words are definitely your weapon of choice. <laughs> you have an absolutely, as I've said, unique, fun and witty voice. And it comes across really authentic. And I'm actually going to read out an example from your monthly mentorship <laughs> offering because it just, just screams you. You start off with looking to have this hashtag shitty life coach on deck as your personal witchy on empowerment mentor. Then you list, then you list all the inclusions that come with it. And you stayed in brackets, I give homework, bitches, ending on <laughs> have your own weirdo life coach and accountability hype bitch on the ready to support you on your magical journey. Have you always spoken this way, always finding yes. your authentic voice a challenge? Not at all. I've always spoke that. It, and it's really funny, too, because I've seen a couple of reviews of my book that were like, this looks like it was written by an overly excited teenager. It's so <laughs> cringe, which to me, I'm like, you're using the word cringe. anyway. But I'm <laughs> but to be like, OK, like nobody tell them that I'm almost 40. And this is literally how I talk because it will be very surprised. Um, I've always just kind of, I think just because of the way that I lived my life and like, I was really fucking reckless when I was young and I was in all this chaotic, crazy situations and all of that. But I was like, also pretty intelligent. And I used to read a lot when I was a kid and all of that. So I think I kind of just learned to play with words as I was growing up and to, as a way to like express myself and how to cope. And I always found that, that you can find a lot of healing and humor. Um, and so, yeah, my, my authentic voice was not hard to find. What was hard for me was when I began freelancing and I always had to tone it down for everybody. Um, I was never really allowed to write like me. And so um, it's been really good to be able to, like, for example, with my book, I was able to, I was still edited, you know, a lot, but I was still able to bring my authentic voice there, which is really good. And I really love that about social media too, but of course that's changing um, as well. They don't really, uh, they don't love the cussing, but uh, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, it's great that you've got the medium such as like a book where you can, you know, you're edited by an editor, but it's not going to edit your total voice. They're not going to block a post, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like you can have on social media accounts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you could give one piece of witchy therapeutic advice to those listening, what would it be? 
I would say to like, just do as much work as you can. I would say on like getting to know yourself and working on your self-trust, right? Because that can be like the foundation of everything that, you know, in my experience, like when it comes to things like making decisions or tapping into your intuition or all of these things, we tend to kind of approach it from this angle of like, I hope I do it right. Or I hope I'm doing it right. Or I hope I don't make the wrong decision. But like, there's an article I wrote a while back that was about how being right is the wrong metric, right? So when you're making decisions rooted and based in self-trust, and you're making moves that are in alignment with that, um, basically, you're, you're always going to win, even if you don't do, you know, the quote unquote, right thing. Because I also believe that, you know, at the end of the day, we are all meant to go through this you know, it's about the journey, not the destination. Um, so it's like the sort of thing where I think that if you're, if you're trusting yourself and you're knowing yourself and you're making moves accordingly, then even if things don't turn out the way you planned necessarily, things will still turn out in a positive direction, mm-hmm. even if it takes, you know, a little bit of a while. So that would be my biggest thing. I think that having a really like solid foundation of self-trust and a really solid sense of who you are and how you want to be, because a lot of the practices that we do. So like my personal practice is a lot, um, it's wellness, witchcraft, right? So it's not, I don't do deity work. I don't really do astrology, anything like that. Most of it is like based on the psychological model of magic. So I try and use it as, um, a tool for personal transformation and healing. And so if you're going to do that, you need to have a solid sense of what your shadows are. You need to have a solid sense of the way you want to show up to life. You need to have a solid sense of like, you know, what, what your gifts are and what your higher self kind of has to offer. So I think that it's really just getting in touch with yourself is one of the biggest foundational tools that you can have. Mm -hmm. Know thyself. Very, very important yeah <laughs> sentiment absolutely so I know you don't work with with deities would you class yourself as a secular witch yes yeah, yeah. and I run uh I actually have a separate blog that's called the secular witch um because I I find that there's like not a lot of resources out there for secular witches or atheist witches or you know what have you um I'm definitely into like energetics and I'm definitely into supernatural. So there are some that are like purely kind of, Oh, it's only the psychological magic. I'm not quite there, but I think that there's, there's so many of us, there's so many different types of witches. And I think that people can kind of get stuck. Like I did when I was a teen that a witch is certain things or does certain things when really it's, it's just who you are, right? We can all wake up one day and decide that we have, um, we can be active agents in our own reality and creating our own realities and working with these energies and these, you know, other liminal spaces that are kind of beyond the mundane. We can all wake up and choose to do that. Right. So, um, I went on a little tangent there. I also have ADHD. So, but basically encouraged to continue. (laughs) So basically, um, for me, the whole idea of being a secular, which, I mean, if anything, I don't approach my, uh, my craft as sort of a religion. I think if anything, maybe I could be considered an animist or maybe pagan of some sort, but it's, there's just, I just wanted to create something that was for different types of witches that maybe didn't always see themselves represented. So I do consider myself a secular, a secular witch and light on the woo, I would say, which is, um, 
yeah, which is also another thing. Like I, I don't interpret everything around me. Like, is this a sign? Sometimes I'm just like, that's just, you know, that's just what the microwave says, or like, that's just whatever. That being said, I do believe we can get messages and guidance that way as well. So I think it's important to be open to everything, but also to remain, um, gr- a little bit grounded. Yes. My approach. (laughs) Absolutely. I teach a course in the art of psychic divination, which a lot of that is about interpreting signs and omens and things around us. And I have to cover that. That's the fact that not everything is a sign. And uh, for example, I I use ornithomancy, which is divination through birds, particularly uh, crows is my main one, ibis, and then also a willy wagtail. They all have different meanings, depends how many I see, where I see them, what they're doing, that sort of thing. Um, but I also live in a place that has a lot of crows. Not every crow means something. And it's usually if they do something unusual, if they are really close or they cross over my path, or like if I'm sitting here where I'm sitting right now, for example, and I'm, you know, facing my computer, there's a, a window behind the computer. And if I see, you know, a crow or the willy wagtail or something land right in that field of vision, which is quite narrow in between the screens and things, then that's usually like a, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. There's a message here. So I'll interpret that. But if they're just flying back in the backyard or landing on the fence or something, that's not probably not a message. So yeah, mundane usually before magical and it's, yeah, it's not all birds. It's not all crows. That's, that's actually really interesting. I have this thing called the bird curse. Well, that I called the bird curse is this thing. Like I find dead birds everywhere. It's like almost every single time I leave the house, I find a bird corpse. And so it was actually really crazy because I got a friend to pull a card for me. See, this is the kind of secular, which you're talking to that's light. I got a friend to pull a card for me and she pulled one that said something about like giving offerings to your guides. So I buried, like there was a few that ended up on my property, but I ended up burying one with like, I buried it with some offerings because I was like, maybe this will tell me why, or it will unlock something or whatever and after I did that I saw less dead birds but not none but I wonder what that means interesting so I mean often and this is just my beliefs as well so I don't know if there's like a universal meaning everyone's supposed to know but I don't know that one uh if I find a dead bird on my path which I don't find that often uh sometimes it can be a a almost like a a message depending on the bird as well, because I use divination through birds. But sometimes it might just be like an offering in terms of you can use one of my feathers. Like this is a feather that you can use in your work or on your altar or to represent the element of air or something like that and to honour their body in that regard. Yeah. Um, Other times, and especially if I've got my kids with me, we will collect some flowers or some pretty leaves and place them either on or around the bird in a way to honour that their body and they're going back to the earth and just sort of seeing that cycle. And I think that's almost like a call to yeah, noticing the cycles in the world, uh, reverence for death and nature and all of life. Like it just kind of brings you into the moment. So rather than it being like, Ooh, something bad's going to happen, which a lot of people think when they find dead animals and dead creatures. Um, but I don't think it's that. I think it's more just no. a stop and moment, stop and think moment or a stop and honor this moment type of thing. How does that feel yeah. for you? That feels good. I usually, when I see it, it's like, you know how some people will see like a butterfly or like they'll see like angel numbers and they'll be like, I'm on the right path. I see it as that way. I'm like, oh, I'm on the right path because there's dead birds here. So I'm obviously meant to be here. <laughs> well, if you've got a, 
a history of like rebirth and those sorts of like um, themes in your life of any form that can yeah. also be representing, you know, that might be your path for you. You know, things have to die yeah. to, to grow and to get, you know, try again and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I'm having lots of snake symbolism at the moment, like literal psychic visions of gigantic anacondas. And every time I see them, I just think, okay, that snake had to shed a lot of skin to grow that big. All right. That's what I'm being called to do. Shed different layers of myself. This isn't going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it wow, can be like cool. that sort of a thing, if that makes sense. Like, okay, another dead really? bird. That's kind of my thing. I, I have to kill a different, you know, version of myself to become who I really am, you know? Yeah. And I think that's something that's like such a reoccurring theme for me as well. Like I'm constantly trying to, um, to the point where sometimes I have to be like, Kate, can we just like enough with the transfer? Like, let's just, let's just vibe where we're at for a little bit. We don't always have to be doing something, but like, it's this constant state of trying to really pull out all those weeds and trying to really cultivate that sort of energetic and emotional garden of like who I am as a person. Right. And so I think that, um, yeah, I like that idea of it being like a transformation thing, yeah. rebirth. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm sad I didn't write this down. I really thought I did. I, I saw something the other day and I've not. I've definitely not written it down. I saw something the other day and I thought, oh, my gosh, I have to bring that up with Mandy because it was something along the lines of why would you get therapy or help from someone who hasn't been through it themselves and they don't actually know how to do it? That is totally paraphrased. It was like a really beautiful, proper quote. That's not yeah. it. That's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. And so I love how open and honest you are with like, life has been pretty tough. I've been through stuff. That's yeah. how I know how to get through stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like, it's funny too, because when I was like, um, when I was younger and I was really going through it, like I was fresh out of the psych ward. And then I was like beginning this process of like trying to figure out like, Oh my God, you got to get your shit together. And I was like a high school dropout. And I had this like young child and I was just about to go. I ended up going into school again to get my degree. And I had a counselor at the time. He was really amazing, but it was really funny because he it, he, well, I mean, I don't know if he was telling me the truth, but he was pretty much like, I've never been through any shit like that. Like, I have no idea. And I thought that was so interesting as like, you know, he couldn't relate, but yet I did find help through him. So I think it kind of depends on the person, mm -hmm. but I think that it can be really helpful to talk to people that have gone through some really terrible things, because I think we have this tendency to like, really believe that like the way things are going is, is it for us when we're in the moment. And it can be really helpful. I think to see people that have come out on the other side, that are like, it's all good. Like it's that it needed to happen or it did happen. And like, where do you go from here instead of being defined? And I spent a lot of time too, when I was younger, like being very defined by the shit I went through. I really let it be like almost like a part of my personality was that I was just like fucked up and like beyond help and like all of that stuff. And it, it's really interesting to look back now. I can't relate to that at all because to me now, if there's any sort of challenge, any sort of struggle, any sort of whatever, I'm like, okay, so what can I do with this? <laughs> so I think it's, uh, it is important. I think it's really wonderful when people choose to share their stories because I can think it can be really helpful because sometimes people won't even tell you, like you might not even know that your story is helping someone, 
or you might end up knowing that your story is helping someone. But at the end of the day, if we can all see that this is like kind of normal, like we're in this chaotic soup of life together. And if we can see that it's all normal, it can kind of like take the edge off a little bit. Cause I think there's this like prevailing, and I don't know where it came from, if it was media or whatever, but there's this prevailing notion that like you grow up and then you like know what you're doing. You have your shit together. And then like things just happen. And it's like, you then you grow up and you're like, oh God, that's not at all how this works. This is how none of this. And you're looking at the guy beside you, like, oh, did you know it was going to be like this? They're like, oh no, like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing either. So I think it can be really helpful because it seems like I find it really unusual when I meet somebody that hasn't had struggles with depression or anxiety or mental health issues or like eating disorders or all of these different things. It's very rare to meet somebody who hasn't gone through that. So that just goes to show that it really is so normal that we can take that element of like beating ourselves up for being fucked up right out of the equation. That doesn't even belong there. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And it took me, Oh God, it took me a very, very long time to be open about my own struggles in any way, mm-hmm. shape or form. Like a long time. And it's only recently that I've been even open that I, that I had an eating disorder. Like that was so full of shame. And I think seeing other people talk about it and realizing like, I'm not judging them. Obviously I've been through, why would I judge them? So who's going to judge me? Like that helped to see other people doing it. Cause then it took some of the shame away. And so even if you don't, like, I never told anyone that that helped me seeing them do that, but it did. So I think you're absolutely right. People don't always tell you that it helps but it definitely does. It, it, it paves the way. And I've been able to help people that I know I've helped, right. Where they've said, Hey, I know you said you've struggled with this. Can we talk about it? And I'm like, Oh, they've come to me because they knew if I never spoke out, they wouldn't have had someone to talk to. Like how fantastic that I'm someone's safe space that I can guide them and what helped me and share those sorts of things. And they're not alone. So I think that's powerful. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling. It is such an honor too. Like it really is. And it kind of can help really because you can't take the pain away from what you've gone through in the past, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's not like, that's fucking done. Like the door's shut, it's behind you, that's fine. But when you have those experiences where you get that honor of somebody saying like, oh, like sharing your story has helped me or like, you know, you sharing your experiences helped me, that can kind of make that seem so much further away or that seem like a valuable thing. Mm -hmm. Because like now I look back and I'm like, I'm so grateful that I went through all of that, which is fucking bonkers to me because there was once upon a time I was like, I would rather like there was a time, you know, trigger warning where I just would rather not have existed. And so looking back at that and seeing it in gratitude, like that's what led me to here. I would never go back and do any of it any different, despite how horrible it was, is a really, um, is a really uh, important and meaningful thing. I think it can really just help you reframe your entire life experience so that your self-concept will change as well. Instead of being like, for me, I was like, oh, life is victimizing me. Like everything's happening to me. And there's a lot of horrible shit. Like we can't always just mindset our way out of everything, but we do have a lot more power than we're led to believe when it comes to how we interpret the world and things like that. And so I think that that can be um, really, really helpful. Absolutely. And moving through those difficult times gives us a very unique set of skills to deal with future difficult times as well, which is, and even being a witch as well, gives you additional skills to deal with difficult times. So when things seem out of control, sometimes doing a small ritual, working spell, something like that, just gives you that element of control you need so that you don't spiral. 
So absolutely. Cute. And that's like, that's exactly like for me, that's when even you saying that I just like my whole chest got like warm and like the, the, it's just because that for me is part of why I'm so passionate about, um, spiritual practices and witchcraft and things like that, because I think it's such a strong tool for finding your own empowerment. And at the end of the day, say you did a ritual or whatever, and your circumstances continued to suck. Like you, you just gave yourself the gift there. You just told your brain, like, I am willing to try and make even a symbolic move. Like Mm -hmm. I do have power. I do have, you know, some sort of agency over my life. And it's such a, um, it's just such an amazing, wonderful thing. Yeah. And it can like, for example, very real example. I've had a really horrible week. I had a horrible, horrible day on um, Monday, which was two days ago. And there's a bit of a a witch hunt going on in my family, literally. Um, And during all that, and this was where some of the most hurtful things in the world have been hurled at me. And I sat there drinking my cup of tea, which was a chamomile, honey and vanilla. Now, those who know me, I don't usually have honey, but I was not in, I was not at home. I was at someone else's house and this is the tea handed to me. And I said, this is what life's handing me right now. I have a very sweet, calming tea in front of me. Now I can use that herb, the chamomile, and just go, okay, I'm going to bring some calm into my life. Or I can also potentially add a little bit of intention here to sweeten this whole situation, sweeten everyone's words, and bring a calming sensation to the whole outcome that was going on. And A, it made me stop. It made me think. It made me visualize the outcome that I did want. And it gave me control and power back in the moment. It also made me a little bit, uh, my rebellious nature was quite happy at the fact that I was doing a little spell work in the home of my Christian family member that would have hated to know that. (laughs) I mean, you know what? Being a little bit petty. Yep. I think is a really beautiful part of the process. I got a degree out of spite. Whatever motivates you. (laughs) Exactly. So I think that was really, really beneficial in the moment. And honestly, the day went better than I could have anticipated considering what was going on. So, and I was really proud of how calm I stayed throughout the whole situation. I kept it together. I felt really empowered in who I was and I didn't waver in my self-confidence. So throughout the whole, you know, by the end of the day, I was like, wow, it was one of the worst days of my life. Also one of the proudest. Like I I said what I wanted to say and I didn't compromise on who I am. So sometimes, yeah, those, those witchy skills to just take a moment and stop rather than letting the situation overwhelm us can be super, super powerful. Absolutely. And especially in situations like that, where there's other people involved, even when it's not necessarily something um, that's like specifically somebody's coming after you. But when there's other people involved, we can tend to because we're social creatures, right? We've evolved to be social, like it's beneficial for us as a species. So we can tend to go to this place where it can be so extremely hurtful. And it can be, um, especially if it's people that we care about and we want them to care about us. Like we all want people to like us and things like that. But at the end of the day, like nobody, nobody gets to tell you who you are. They can think whatever they want about, but nobody gets to decide or tell you who you are. That's something that's so wholly unique to each person. And so it is so important to take, make those moves to actually stop calm yourself, become present and try and like do exactly what you did, which is like, how do you make this into a situation where you have the reins again, instead of this thing that's spiraling out of control. And that's why witchcraft is such an incredible tool. It's such an incredible tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So funny as well. So this is like, we're filming this end of May. Oh no. First of June today for me. Um, 
but this happened right at the end of May. And I do a year ahead spread with the tarot before the year begins, right? And I pulled a card for May. I literally, even in my little interpretation, had written like hurtful, spiteful words and like, um, you know, people doing anything in their power to get the upper hand. Like that's kind of the vibe. And the whole month of May, I was like, that that hasn't tracked. I don't know what's going on here. And we get to like the second last day of the month and then that whole situation unfolded. And I was like, damn, Tarot was trying to warn me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's funny too, because it's like, even though it was the end of it, it's like something can be so impactful that it's, it's overshadows. So, yeah. yeah. Like season finale vibes yeah. is what that is. <laughs> and you know what? I'm always surprised by season finales. My husband thinks it's hilarious. I'll be watching a series and then suddenly there's no more episodes. I'm like, wait a minute. Was that the finale? I didn't know. No. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was really weird. I think it was, was it Game of Thrones or whatever? They'd always do like the two episodes before the last one had season finale vibes. And I'd be like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Like my nervous system couldn't handle it because I grew up on like, there's no action until the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I actually like that you said that season finale. That actually has a little meaning in there for me as well. So that's fantastic for in that situation. Yeah. Uh, your new book, I want to talk about that as well, because that comes out, I think, later this year. Is that correct? Yeah. So my new book comes out in October. Um, I think October 4th, maybe mm-hmm. 4th or the 6th. It's early October. Yeah. Um, and it's called Happy Witch. Um, and it's uh, spells, activities and rituals to calm the chaos and find your joy. So witchcraft therapy was about banishing bullshit and invoking your inner power. This one is more the inverse. So this one isn't so much trying to like shock the bullshit as it is more trying to um, align yourself with the frequency and joy and bring in more joy and positivity into your life. That being said, there's a whole chapter in there that's basically um, all about like dealing with trauma and shadows and, and things like that. So I think the title, I'm like, oh, the title is like very, it's happy title. But like when you get into the book, there's a lot in there. Um, it's, I don't fuck with love and light stuff. Like I'm not, if anything, that's what I'm more uncomfortable with that than I am with the shadows. So <laughs> this book is really about, um, it's, uh, it's about uh, a lot of what we talked about earlier with sort of finding your sensory codes and the ways that you can use them to build a practice that, you know, that will work for you specifically while you move through life. There's a bit in there on rewilding. There's a chapter on creativity. So basically trying to um, create the life that you want and become the person, like uh, become sort of the person that you want to be in your life and getting in touch with like your soul. So it's um, yeah, it's mainly just about trying to find joy, even as a you know, modern stressed out grown up that has access to the news. So <laughs> don't remind me that I'm a grown up. I don't want to know that. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'm I'm excited to to get my hands on that. Um, so I'll definitely have to do that. Now, if people want to find you and get in touch with you and link in with your uh, your coven or work with you personally, how can they do that best? Um, so I am usually the most active on Instagram. So it's healing for hot messes is the name of it. If you 
you know, don't like swearing or stupid jokes, you might want to set this one out. Um, but aside from that, I have a website as well, where you can find my classes, you can find my coven, you can find um, how to work one to one with me. Um, and so that is healing for hot messes.com. Fantastic. I love that. And uh, I will put all of the links in the description box for this episode. If anyone would like to click on those and I'll pop a link in there for the books, Witchcraft Therapy. And is there a pre-sale open or anything like that for there Happy Witch? Yeah, there's a pre-sale open for Happy Witch. Um, I can give you the link to that if, if you like. I'll pop that in there as well. So if anyone can pre-sale and just a reminder, like pre-sale for authors is very important so if you're ever able to to support an author in their pre-sale period please do so that that's yeah. like really imperative now for anyone if you'd like to book in with myself for tarot or astrology readings uh, I do one-on-one -on -one guidance calls where we can use that for tarot astrology or just talking about your practice working on your divination tarot skills all that beautiful stuff you can do so at my website suburbanwitchery.com you'll also find me as suburban witchery on instagram facebook tiktok twitter youtube all of that jazz make sure to hit subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode and as always i hope you have a lovely day wherever you are in the world today thanks for joining us mandy and thanks everyone for listening thank you did you know you can book a chakra checkup with yours truly, Hannah, the Suburban Witch? This is a little report that can make a lot of difference in your life. This service helps to put you back in the driver's seat and steer away from feeling stuck or blocked and head straight towards alignment and ease. You can see all of our five-star reviews over on Facebook, Google, or even our testimonials page on the website. Simply head to suburbanwitchery.com to book yours now.